Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the inside, as they quicken off the back straight, not as promised, two metres to the locomotive. Third WhatsApp party time and 10 away, Shaq the Anvil. 27-6 the third quarter. Into the bend, the leader not as promised, the locomotive won't go away though. Then WhatsApp party time, 10 away, Shaq the Anvil. Into the straight, not as promised. Promised in front from the locomotive and what's up party time. Not as promised, four metres in front. He's finding plenty though, not as promised. He's got the measure of the locomotive and what's up party time and not as promised is too good. Not as promised wins. The locomotive second, what's up party time third and fourth check the Not as promised, the Queenslander and Tony Vivas. He stood in the little winner's area there at Melton. He raised two hands into the air just before the presentation, and he yelled out, Queenslander! (laughs) (laughs) In in true Queensland fashion. And it's a well-told story. Graham Dwyer, Lane Dwyer, Nathan Dawson coming down to drive him. And it just belies belief that this horse could have been sold out of one of our leading trotting trainers in Victoria and obviously uh, the horse has matured, the change of uh, environment to Graham Dwyer's and to Graham Dwyer has helped the horse as well and they're off now to New Zealand to have a crack at the New Zealand trotting derby which I absolutely love and Graham was talking just to me after the race about how everybody has helped them out. Every person they've asked for, what should I do here, is put them on to the right person in New Zealand. And uh, him and Lane are going away for two weeks together in New Zealand on a holiday with a horse. And if the horse achieves anything over there, that will be a bonus. But he's just so looking forward to a break with his son for a couple of weeks. And uh, best of luck, Graham, and and, uh, to Tony Vivas and to Nathan and to all connections involved with Not As Promised. There was a great win on Saturday night. And it's great to have one of ours go over and take on their best in the New Zealand trotting derby. The locomotive in the second spot. What's up, party time? It's just a great drive by Kate Gath to get in the third. She's a professional little horse. Shaq the Anvil was good in the fourth spot. Was under pressure from a little ways out, but did rally. Grumpy and uh, my personal jet getting home into sixth spot. Uh, lead rate here, Steve. 30.2, which was almost the slowest of the night. Only Nordic Rain went slower, the lead rate of 30.3. So once he got that, and then the first two quarters of 31.7, 30.9, if he was right, not as promised, he was always going to win this race, and he did so, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It was a terrific win. He showed when he uh, went to Maribor and won the Group 1 that uh, it was as good as what uh, they thought he was, and he's come back and produced it again this week, so it was no fluke uh, going around there. I know he was big odds then, but uh, he certainly wasn't big odds going around here, and once he got to the front, he dictated terms just perfectly to suit himself had the main danger parked up outside of him and that 27.67 quarter down the back was the winning move really because it just took the sprint uh, out of the locomotive. It just made it oh so hard. The, the slower he went down the back, the more he was going to help the locomotive out and they knew that and they made sure that it was going to be the test of the toughest. Now, 
I'm going to give a big credit here for a couple of drives. Nathan Jack turned a shocking barrier into a great barrier there Saturday night. Used his nows. He knew that Kate was going to run the gate with what's up party time and has so much gate speed. He was up outside him basically by the first corner yeah. without really having to do any work. Uh, everyone else knew that they were jostling for their positions because uh, how the, the speed map worked out. And Nathan said, well, you guys can all do that. And I'm just going to show you a little bit of now and punch straight through from five on the second row or four on the second row and uh, lobbed the death seat and just gave his horse uh, the best possible chance you could give it. If he had have gone back and then worked around, he would have been covering a lot more ground. So it was an absolute pearl. It was a 10 out of 10, best losing driver of the night for the locomotive. And Kate on WhatsApp party time as well. Like you say, it's such an honest horse. So her best bet was to get across the field, find the front, hand up to the f- favourite and uh, hope for the best from there. And it done its job and stuck on for third place. And, uh, yeah, it was a terrific race. But uh, hats off to the team uh, of not as promised. And good luck for them in New Zealand. We'll be cheering on. We certainly will. And I don't know whether it should evolve private conversations, but Nathan did say something to me, and he's a wonderful thinker of this sport, and we probably don't listen to some of these people enough, but he believes the Breeders' Crown should be like the jewels on prize money, and he said it'd create a lot more competitive racing throughout the year at Metropolitan level for two- and three-year-olds because you would have to get your prize money up. If you win the big races, you're straight in, but if you want to get into one of these races... You have to get your prize money up, and to do that, you'd want to be racing in town. So it was a, it was a really, it was a really considered and and, and re- great point by Nathan. And I, yep. I have talked a bit about that. I would like that in the Vic Bread series. That's how I would do the Vic Bread. But nah. to, to hear it, I wouldn't touch the Vic Bread. I think oh, you're going to mess around. Nah, with, the, um, yeah, no, I'd change. Yeah, the Vic bread. this is what the breeders for uh, the breeders crowns for. You you could make that into, and I believe the jewels. That's what I've been pumping up for it as well. I think you get your best horses at the end of the season, uh, having a red hot grand final. Um, yeah, the Vic Bread. Yeah, I think. No, uh, no, you you you, you got to hear my, hear. If you know how I do the Vic Bread, it's different to what you're thinking, Steve. I'm not changing the final night that much. But the homegrown doesn't work. I'll be getting rid of the homegrown. No, well, the homegrown shouldn't be run last. It should be the last one ran. It should be New Year's Eve, the homegrown. And that gives any horses that didn't get a chance to get through there or and it still has an, an opportunity to run for that sort of money. Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have three quarterly finals after three months to the highest prize money earned in those three months for each division for $50,000. And then you go into a grand final series of 100. And then if you get a two-year-old up and going in the early months of the year, you've, you get a crack at that that one at the end of March. And then after six months, you run another one. But the horses, are the, the 12 horses that ran in the first quarterly final, they're ineligible because they've already had their crack at it. So you end up with 30, effectively 36 horses go around in 50 grand size races, which which is, I reckon, would be an awesome thing. That, that's how I would do it. So... Uh, yeah. that, that's my idea around Vic Bread, to get the homegrown a little bit different, get different horses into it. We we, we digress. When we, the other <laughs> thing I wanted to talk about was the breeding of each horse. So Ian uh, has mentioned, uh, let's talk the breeding of Not As Promised, certainly will, by Betting Line, and it's his second trotting winner for Betting Line. He's got a trotter for Johnny Harrell named Apex, who... Uh, hasn't quite reached the heights of Derby's and Breeders' Crown Finals. It's had the one win 
Uh, out of a mare called All Promises, who won 17 races, in que- including uh, Q-Breads, Queensland Oaks, Vic Oaks. She was a wonderful, wonderful filly, All Promises. Uh, she's had six foals for five winners out of a mare. She was out of a, uh, including a horse called A Million Promises, which was the best one uh, before, not as promised, who won 100,000. And uh, All Promises out of a mare called As Promised, who uh, had 10 wins and uh, a num- uh, 10 winners, sorry, including Better Promises, 243,000. And uh, Jess Tubbs getting this horse from Raboki Proprietary Limited and uh, breeding the first foal, not as promised, turns out to be a star. So Greg, Greg and Jess doing harness racing in multiple different ways. A break. I'll tell you one yeah, go. very quickly. Promise Me Please, who's the only filly in that family, is by Better's Delight. So don't be surprised if it happens to throw a trotter one day too. Who, what stallion would you choose for her then? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I'd, I'm not going to get that far into it because, uh, yeah, but you wouldn't be surprised if it goes to a pacing stallion and you get a trot off somewhere. Yeah, and it can happen. Uh, you could go to Rock and Roll Heaven, might produce a trotter like a rocking Shiraz perhaps.